Okay, what the freak is codependency? So you guys have been asking for it, and now we're going to deliver. Today's the day you're going to find out. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. First, let's start with a review from one of you. It's over on iTunes. It's called Essential Self-Care. I believe an essential step to self-care is self-discovery. This podcast has opened my eyes to so much of that. All three have so much, so many different insights, not limited to the betrayed, the addicted, or the expert, that anyone can come and partake in its aid to self-discovery. Thank you for helping my recovery. Awesome. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you for leaving us a review, a review too. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to just share a little bit about our history, our background. I mean, we talk about the the uh, microphone on the ironing board a lot, and but but I want to back up just a little bit. And um, I I when I got into this years ago, um, I was trained in a couple different models and. I, I was doing the best that I could, and I was specializing in sex addiction, betrayal, trauma, and I, I started to realize that it w- a lot of the stuff I was doing wasn't working, um, and the people that I was being trained by really didn't actually know what they were doing, and uh, it it made me it, it really showed to me how new the field is of treatment for betrayal, trauma, sex addiction, and so I learned a lot of what not to do, and. Um, there's a, a real process for me to understand um, what what is helpful for recovery, both for for the person struggling with addiction and for the betrayed. And um, about the time when I started to really piece it together, I, f- I feel like and really understand what what what's helpful for real recovery is when I met Kobe and I was I was teaching this foundations group and foundations of recovery group and I had put together all of my stuff that I felt like was very helpful and Kobe showed up in that group and that's where I met you totally was and Kobe at the time was ripe for um, recovery he he was a a golden contact so to speak he was ready to go Um, because he and and that was a process to get to that point oh Um, was it (laughs) But, but at that time, you were open, you were willing, you were humble, you were hungry um, for change, and um, you were there working on it for you. Yep. And um, so, so it was good to work with you in that group. And um, you guys started in on the recovery process and shared your story publicly, and it, it really went kind of viral. And, and as that was happening... Um, I was, I was just thinking about like, how, how can we spread this message of real recovery further, further than just this foundations group that I'm running further than sitting one-on-one in my office. And I was, I was sitting in my kitchen one night and it just hit me. Like I got to text Kobe and, and say, Hey, we need to do a podcast. Now I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, like you have to get a microphone yeah, to I didn't talk into or, 
anything like that. But uh, and we figured it out one step as a, at a time, as our audience can tell by the way our audio <laughs> gets better and better <laughs> as we go. We're still uh, working on that for uh, <laughs> yep. YouTubers. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it's been an awesome journey, and um, the the reviews and the feedback that we get, and just the lives that that we touch. Um, I, I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for. Um, just God leading us into this and, um, and I'm grateful for the opportunity we have to, to be a support and a guide along the way for people. And so that's, that's really our story, how this all developed. Did you guys, I, I want to just add, I met Brandon the day we first recorded the very first episode. Yeah. I didn't even know Brandon. Yeah. And so it's like, hi, nice to meet you. Let's get vulnerable. <laughs> and record. I, I actually really appreciate Kobe because I was like, hey, Kobe, let's do this podcast. And I went over to your guys' house to set up the ironing board. <laughs> and 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 he's like, yeah, Ashlyn's doing it with us for sure. Like that. I don't know if you really even asked me. It was just like, that's happening. Yeah. I, I was like convinced, like, dude, we're crazy if we think anybody's going to listen just the two of us. Absolutely. Because Ashlyn has a legit story to tell and she needs to be involved in like representing the perspective of the betrayed in all of this. And you've been a rock star. Well, dear. and yes. I will say this, some, two things. People say, Ashlyn's too quiet. Well, guess what? This is me actually not being quiet. I've come out of my shell a little bit, but I'm standing next to two people who are very (laughs) extroverted and have more more to say than me. I also um, never in a million years thought my voice would be out there, just my voice, because I struggled my whole life with uh, knowing I had a lisp. And so for me, like it's a big deal that I'm choosing to say, hey, this is me. And I have a lisp and maybe you guys didn't notice before and now it's all you hear and you're like, dang her. But there you go. It's a big deal for me. I love it. So, um, I just, I just love, you know, you guys have really taken the brunt of being vulnerable. I mean, I haven't, I'm more the expert guy on the side, you know? Um, and so you talk about your lisp and I, I just love it. And I think that's why it works is because we're authentic, we're real, we, and that's how we get down to the real topics. And um, I sure appreciate our audience and we, we couldn't have, have built this to where it is today. We're, we're almost at 50,000 downloads or something like that um, without them and um, them leaving reviews, them sharing it with their friends, talking about it in their 12-step groups. A lot of our, our listeners share it with their therapists. I hear from other therapists that are like, yeah, my client told me they've been listening to you guys. So um, I really appreciate you guys as well. So we know that you love the podcast, those of you who are listening, and we appreciate you listening. Whether this is your first time uh, listening to us or you've been here from the go, we just want you to know that we are, we're grateful for you being here and uh, but we do know that you have been asking for more you've been wanting something that's like give me a step by step how do i do this and you know for those of you who have been stuck which i was stuck forever we both were yeah it's like how do we how do we shortcut being stuck how do we how do we get around that not that we want to skip some steps but how do we uh streamline the process and um, re- really, really, it's what you guys wanted when you started in on this whole journey, right? Yeah. Yes. Really, um, our, our journey has been like kind of like pig trail. <laughs> like we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, let's do this thing. And oh, let's do yeah. this thing. And oh, that totally worked. And so we spent the summer, you know, coming together saying, hey, let's figure this out and make it work. 
how we've done the process and how Brandon, you know, pull that in and say, these are the best steps to take Absolutely. to really find hope and healing. And, um, so we have this, pro- we have this program that's, that's, uh, it's a comprehensive program, um, that is doable and works for couples. Uh, the, the, the name of the program is Shattered to Thriving. Um, but it also works for individuals. If, if, if you want to get in there, you're doing your hard work, maybe you're about to get divorced. It's still helpful for you to get it. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, a lot more, it's the podcast. We talk about topics, um, that program is about transformation. So it's, it's taking you from one place to, to, to another. And, um, it really creates a shift and it's awesome. That's what we're hoping to, hoping to help facilitate for all of you, because again, it's the three of us have, we've just realized that there is a, a better way to cause a shift. And with the years that Ashlyn, you've spent mentoring and the time that I put in mentoring and, and the, and the extensive time, Brennan, that you've treated, it's just together we've put this together we, we put, we've put this all in a program that legit i think back to when we first started it's like oh my gosh had we only had this had we only had this this would have helped that program us. that program i we we talk about things and i say things in there that i say every single day to my clients day in and day out and they pay me one session at a time uh-huh. and they meet with me you know, every week. So they have, it's, to, they it's, have to come and sit on your couch. Sit they have on to my live couch. Here in Utah. Yeah. And not everyone has that. And they have to wait every week yeah. to, to talk through these topics. Whereas this is packaged up. It's, it's something like 20 hours of content. It's a lot of good, good content. Um, it's cheaper than doing that much therapy. Um, and so we've put it in there. Um, you guys have thrown your expertise in the mix. I've thrown mine in. And it's awesome. I'm we, so excited. We really about just it. like hold your hand through the process of again going from shattered trust to thriving intimacy. And uh, man, had we had this Ash when we I know. started, it's, like, it's funny because oh. we would record. We it's a video and audio, and then there's worksheets, homework, things like that. Right? Go at your own pace. But when we'd we would finish these recordings, and I'm like, yes, like I yeah. want to do this. It felt so good. Like I love this. Yes. So if it's exciting me. I think that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm excited because it does launch today. Um, it's the first ever. And because of, of that, we're giving it to you guys half off for one week. So it starts today, August 13th, and it's going to go for the week. And so if you go to shatteredtothriving.com, you can jump on and get that. Um, last time we opened this up um, just for the beta group, it sold out in two hours. Yeah. So I'm just saying, don't wait till next Tuesday. <laughs> Jump on. Yep. Guys, um, again, we appreciate you being here and listening. And uh, we get you. We understand you. Although there's variations with stories, you guys have been here. And um, we want nothing more than just to, to help. This is going to, we believe, um, help streamline the process and get you unstuck. Yes, no matter where you're at, beginning or the middle or even close to the end of recovery. I mean, there's no end. Look at us. (laughs) But um, um, okay. so speaking of our audience, 
we had um, somebody reach out saying, hey, earlier this year, you guys talked a tiny bit of codependency in an episode. And then you never like followed it up with what you said you would like a whole podcast. So I'm ready. Give it to me. So what the <laughs> freak is codependency? Honestly, I asked that question at the beginning of the episode. But I'm like, but really, when I first heard it, I was like, this is like Greek. It's so, so clinical. Like, what does this even mean? So I could see certain people, you know, pulling up our podcast and seeing the title, what, what the freak is codependency and, and them cringing a little bit. Like, why are they still talking about codependency? Um, codependency is the old model. It's <clears throat> it's not helpful. It's not useful. In fact, it's destructive to talk about it. So is, say why, because I didn't know this. This is not how I hold, came into recovery. Hold on. It's destructive to talk about it, but in, but in what context, Brandon? Yeah, it's, it's relative for me now, but in relationship to this whole arena, what, how is it? I, how is it that I actually think codependency is very important to, to understand and talk about. And um, both parties are, are usually codependent. Um, but let me explain. So, um, and, and we've talked about this before, but when I first started in getting, getting trained, um, there was this model of codependency or co-addict. And what that meant was a couple would come into treatment and um, they would say to the, to the spouse, they would say, you're, you're, you're codependent. You're enabling their addiction and almost blame them some um, not almost blame them some, blame them some for the addiction. And it, it, it kind of sp- sent the spouse spinning a little bit of, look, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, I'm confused. I'm, you know, I'm crazy making here. And now I go to therapy and I'm being told that it's all my fault. Um, not very helpful. And so you know, they needed some validation in their pain. They needed to understand um, that that they've been in a relationship that's full of a lot of gaslighting and crazy making. And so that shifted. Um, some things happened and this betrayal trauma term came out. And betrayal trauma went t- pretty far in saying, look, codepen- it's not codependency, you have betrayal trauma. And what that did is it validated the spouse, it, it made them feel, yeah, I've this, yeah, I've been hurt. I'm, I'm, I've experienced all these different forms of trauma within this betrayal trauma and I can put words to it and it's, you know, it's really helpful to not be blamed and to be validated in my pain. Um, so that, that was, I believe a step in the right direction. Um, however, codependency is still, a real thing and so but it's more like a part of the process not just the label of what it is yes kind of so like let's let's define codependency right now so um codependency is when you basically lack boundaries and you give your power away to somebody else it's it's when you don't know where you stop and they begin so you're overly attached to somebody um, you're enmeshed and you, on an emotional level, you, you know, if they're sad or angry or whatever, you can't handle that. Um, or you're always trying to please them, um, always trying to make things right in the relationship. So you, you have a hard time being authentic and being honest and being real and being grounded and being boundaried in that relationship because the relationship holds way too much weight. 
Um, so that's what codependency is. And it, it, codependency are the symptoms of unhealthy attachment. Um, independency can be a symptom of unhealthy attachment as well. Um, codependency is over-attaching. Independency is under-attaching. And so it's, uh, it's a real thing, and it's really helpful. It's helpful for me to say, okay, where am I codependent to my wife? Where do I have a hard time with my boundaries? Where do I have a hard time... Um, you know, dealing with, with certain emotions that she has or whatever, it's helpful for me to reflect on that. So um, this bringing betrayal trauma into the equation, I believe, does not mean that codependency is, is not a real thing. Um, but, but saying the codependency is the reason why the enabling of the addiction has happened, I don't believe in that either. Um, d- does that make sense? Yeah. You guys? yeah. Ash, what would be some, can, can, what would be some life examples for you and I of how codependency has shown up as, as you, you just off the well, top of your head? For me, I think immediately the, the, if mom isn't happy, nobody's happy Yeah. and it's that. And so totally. when I was mad or sad or happy, so were you. <laughs> yes. Yep. And it's interesting because I had a funky day yesterday, just like my, everything was just kind of off and for no reason, just like, eh, I don't feel great today. And Kobe still had a great day and it's like, we can be separate now. Yes. And he doesn't have to come down and be like, Oh, we're sad today. Okay. Yeah. You know? And if you're in a relationship with a codependent person, it's, there's a lot of pressure there. And, it's tiring and draining. You're, you feel consumed all the time, like you're being used because your, you know, your well-being really matters to that person so yeah. much. It almost feels like a game. It felt like a game because um, he would show up one way, and then I would have to play my game of like, okay, so that this is what we're doing. This is the dance. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's keep doing it. And it took so much brain power for me to be like, oh, wait, we're mad. Remember? Um, right. Instead of just, like you said, showing up as, hey. Vulnerable I, and authentic. Yeah, I feel good. And I'm sorry you don't feel good today. Um, that type of thing. Um, I feel codependency with um, a sister, mm-hmm. one of my sisters. And I hate it because mm-hmm. I'll think, oh, I've done so good. I've gotten out of codependency. But then she'll do one thing and I'm like, Oh, it's still there, with, right? You know, and it's frustrating. But for me. what's the effect for you when, when a comment is thrown out, even in a text? It just what's the response me. and effect for you? It eats me up, and it goes to that narrative that's like the broken record, and I'm trying to like analyze and all. These, and instead of just like, okay, like, right? Why am I letting this bother me? Well, and I think that's a great question. Like, what is underneath the codependent behaviors? And uh, you know, we're if if you're if you're acting codependent then you're you're trying to use that person for something and like so validation yeah so 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 if you're looking at you know why do i struggle with codependency um the chances are you really struggle with with your own self-worth um, and then you look at why do I struggle with my own self-worth and you can probably find some trauma somewhere. Oh yeah. Right? And, and it's super clear for me in that relationship, the self-worth. Yes. Like I want my big sister to give me validation. To, to like I'm me. Awesome. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, I super see it there. Um, and it, I mean, Kobe and I, yeah, when I started to learn about it, it was like, oh yeah, it's showing up all over the place. And it was showing up as we parented, you know, with the way our children showed up, it was like we reacted instead of yes. responded. And yes. We, yeah. That. When, um, this is, 
this is a really funny little example of it. Um, but when when I was when I was a kid, and <laughs> my mom would be my mom was like super codependent, right? My dad was too, but my mom was super codependent, and <laughs> when she would get mad at us for whatever, my dad was just like the typical like, hmm, quiet. And then, Craig, I can't believe you're not. And he's, oh, yeah, kids. And then all of a sudden, Dad got mad. Right, right, right. right? He'd kick in the gear. And the truth is, is he could have he could have cared less about what she was doing. I mean, it wasn't important to him. But what was important to him was that that um, he didn't make waves by saying, I disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Another example of this. This is super funny. I don't know why this keeps repeating in my head. Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, the beginning of the show, uh, Ron Weasley and his older twin brothers go get Harry out of out of his house at his aunt and uncle's house and they fly home in this car and they get there and uh, mom they all sit around the, the breakfast table and <laughs> Mrs. Weasley says boys you drove the car I can't believe you you could have been caught and uh, Mr. Weasley comes in and says Oh my gosh, you flew the car. How was it? Was it amazing? <laughs> Did, what, what was it like? And she's like, and, and then Mrs. Weasley like freaks out at Mr. Weasley. And he, oh, boys, that was very wrong of you indeed. And you should he, not he have. He totally changed. He totally yes. changed. Yes. It's hilarious. So, for those of you who are like Harry Potter lovers, you'll get what I'm saying. But that's an example of how Mr. Weasley was codependent um, and allowed Mrs. Weasley's emotions and. Her boundary of like, I don't like the boys driving the car, flying the car, and he was cool with it, but he gave his up his own boundary of like, yeah, it's cool if you fly the car. I think you're you're identifying a real um, sign of codependency, which is the flying uh, car. No, okay, um, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and being a Harry Potter nerd, not that either. <laughs> hey, much um, love to all. Just of you so who you are. know, I don't not, even know what you're talking about. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm but, not a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> um, I feel bad for both of you. <laughs> But, but what it is, is going everywhere the wind blows you in terms of your truth. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if your spouse walks in and says, no, I actually want it this way. And you're like, oh, so do I. Um, or your friend says, I want to go to dinner here. And you're thinking, I really don't want to go there. But you're <laughs> like, that yeah, place. yeah, I totally would love to go there. Um, you're, you're avoiding uncomfortableness in that relationship at the expense of you. Yep. And when you do that, you're giving your power to them. Mm. And so so it can be done subtly. Oh, super subtly. It, it can be done automatically. Yeah. And and you might be so comfortable being codependent that um you've done it for so long that actually speaking up or being honest is going to be really hard for you, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting you say it in the term of food because that is Holy that makes so cow. much sense to me of like especially dealing with a daughter with food allergies, if she doesn't have boundaries and stand up for herself, she's going to go somewhere and get yeah, sick. She better, right? Yeah. Yep. She needs or, to. Interesting. Or not eat because there's nothing to eat. No one provided yep. for me. So yep. holy cow. So um, it sounds like it can show up in so many different areas of our life. An- another way to, to look at it is drama. So if, if, you, if you're playing the victim a lot, um, you're codependent. Mm-hmm. So somebody does something, you then give them your power and you wallow around and wait for them to change and they better make it all right. And then you are, have, have handed it over now, right? Um, being a caretaker is classic codependency. 
uh, or a rescuer where, hey, I want to fix it. I want to I tell people what to do and make them feel good or I want to cook them a, a good dinner so that they Give feel good. Give advice where advice has not been asked. Throw advice <laughs> in there. And then when they don't reciprocate with, oh my gosh, you're amazing, you then go to the victim. Um, you know, you're codependently doing those nice things. You're, it's, it's, mm. you're consuming that person for your self-worth. You're not just doing them out of love. Um, you know, you're trying to use them. So another, another, another one is, is to be the persecutor. Uh, when you get really angry or violent or swear and yell at people, things that you normally wouldn't, but their emotions or their actions set you off, then you've given up your power to them. That's the piece right there that, that just burned me when I finally understood exactly what you just explained. Um, for instance, my girls would say something and I'd just lose my mind. I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, to I'm so codependent. And I was just pissed that I gave my, the power of my emotions to a five-year-old to determine yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And I was just like out of my mind, furious about it. And, and, and from that point, Ashlyn's laughing because I read uh, Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. Um, and it was a great book, and it was a very clear illustrator as to how I acted, but moreover, how I get out of that. And um, anyways, the point with it is, is now, like since that moment, I, I have accounted every night when I check in, and I still check in every night because it's that, that evaluation is super important for me because I can see the moments in my day where I felt the pull of codependency, like, ooh, like... That was really hard to hear them say that, and I wanted to res like react, but I didn't. So I, re I, re I re um, what do I do? I say I, I evaluate if I felt the pull of it and if I gave into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And giving into it is like you know, not being authentic to me and not keeping my boundaries. And one of them is is like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow my my nine year old, Ellie, my redhead, <laughs> to make me lose my mind. Like right. I'm not gonna give her the power. And that doesn't always work, Can actually. Can I point something out? Um, you are accounting for things every day that, yes, they're part of recovery, but it's not keeping you from relapse. Like, it's more like, hey, I'm trying to show up as a good human here. Yeah, yes. And I'm trying to be my best self. And this is self-reflection every day. And I'm a huge believer. Self-reflection is a superpower. Absolutely. So I, I just want to give you props because I want you guys to listen and hear He's not, I mean, he's still checking in for recovery stuff, but he's added to it because it's, yes. there's oh so much more to this. Yes, it's not just about whether or not you touch your my penis. penis for the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, your, your recovery is about so much more. Indeed. Um, the so, doing. So uh, there's this thing that happens. Um, a, a telltale sign of codependency is resentment. So if you have a lot of yes. resentment toward other people, then you're probably pretty codependent. And what what happens is, Somebody who, who, who recognizes this um, and, and, and are ready for change, they're like, okay, screw this. Like, I'm not going to be codependent anymore. And they swing the pendulum to the other oh, side. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. And it's like, you know what? I'm boundaried now. So watch <laughs> it. Yeah, like, boom, here I am. Like, I don't care about your feelings. I don't care about you. I care about number one. Um, Kobe did a little and, bit of that. Yeah, I yeah. did a lot of bit of that. Let's <laughs> yeah. just be honest. So, and it can be a correction thing where you swing so far to the other side, you you go independent, you disconnect from their feelings, from 
from, so that you can then show up powerfully. It's like giving enough. the emotional finger to, to somebody to say, yeah, I don't care where you are, what you're doing, I'm going to do me. Well, yeah. And it's like, I almost feel like that way is when you really have to say, these are my boundaries. And you're like physically telling someone. Whereas when you're more interdependent and you're yes. in the middle, it's like, I'm just living That's my a great boundaries. point, Ashlyn. You don't have to... Now, now, maybe maybe swinging the pendulum that way is good for you because it's part of the process of not being codependent anymore. But a healthy person is interdependent. They're 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 in the middle where what what that means is they're affected by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're connected. They can feel the steam. They're connected. The there's emotion there, yeah. and there's there's intimacy and connection. Um, but at the same time, they know where they stop and the other person begins so that they can be connected to them. They can feel their emotions, but they can still be authentically boundaried in that relationship. Okay. Can I give you a dumb example, but real, very Mm -hmm. real for Mm -hmm. me. So social media, that's where we run our business, right? Right. So we get some messages every once in a while that are very, gotta love the haters, harsh, very harsh. And, um, I hate when I see like, words don't hurt me. Like I am, I have so much self love that right. it's okay. And then blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, but they still hurt me. Right. And so those words that I get, I may not respond. I may not, I choose to do what I do, but it still affects me for a moment. And I have to work through that. Yes. To not be codependent to the stranger on the internet. But because they hurt you doesn't mean you're codependent. Right. 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 Now, now, if you wallow for three days because you got this one bad message and you shut your life down and Which, can't handle it. Well, I'll I know be that's honest, an extreme example. It's been, but, it's happened. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, you, I've told you, Brad, I'm yeah, like, I'm so yes. bad. Why is this <laughs> bugging me? <laughs> and that's more co- codependent behavior, right? You're, you're giving that power away as opposed to getting real with yourself of, ouch, that hurts. Now I have responsibility to do what I want with that. Yeah. So, so here's an interesting um, perspective on this. And I just wanted to, to, to share this. A lot of, a lot of guys that I work with um, are codependent with their partner, with their kids, with family members. But if you put them in the workplace, not, they are not codependent at all and, and don't, in a very effective way, give the power of their emotions to um, a, a client, a you know, a, a coworker, a boss to determine how they feel. Yep. It's super, super interesting. And and again, that is an example. Like if I sell cars, and uh, or Johnny Lunchbucket sells cars, and he has somebody who walks out on a deal that he's been working on for like two weeks, and yeah, he's upset that the deal's lost, but he's like forget you guys. I'm not going to give you any space in my head. I got to, you know, move forward Bless with the next and release. one. Right. <laughs> um, that is, there are more, I, my experience has been that there are more people who are like that, who are interdependent at work or in other, uh, recreational, um, relationships or environments than they are at home. And that's one of the reasons why it's possible to change this because you have, you're already exercising, hmm interdependence in other arenas in life you just have to learn how to be able to do that but but it, it takes it takes facing your biggest fears so it, you're I, i'm glad you brought this up i could be completely codependent with my boss mm-hmm. and interdependent with my wife um true or, uh, you know but my boss represents something to me that that, that he, he holds some of my biggest fears there. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of authority or I want to be liked by somebody who pays me or I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so 
in order for me to then be boundaried with him, I'm going to have to really dig deep, self-reflect and say, what is it about me that I can't be boundaried there, that yeah. I can't be authentic in that relationship? Um, so, yeah. Now, codependency with a spouse is probably the most common thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, one thing I did want to talk about is with sex addiction, um, it's interesting that back in the day that, you know, the, the couple would come in and they'd say to the spouse, you're such a codependent. Because the fact of the matter is, of the two, the sex addict is probably the most More. codependent. Totally. Um, because totally. because they ha- they've been living in so much shame. Uh, they, they have all the makings of codependency. Um, they, they, they've been living in shame. They've been living in secrecy. But, but sex in and of itself is, can, can be used in a very codependent way. And they, they, they've probably been acting out, trying to feel a void and, and you know, feel desirable feel or, or yeah. feel, feel powerful or whatever it is. And so sex in a relationship, uh, sex can show codependency so much. There's so much codependent sex happening out there that's destroying relationships. It's, it's doing harm to relationships where you're using each other instead of loving each other in the bedroom. Wow. So, okay. How do we get out of this, Brandon? Um, you, uh, you go to shattered to thriving and check out our program. <laughs> okay. That's true. Um, but. <laughs> we have module two in that program that is all about healthy boundaries. And when I say healthy boundaries, um, there's so much more than let me give you the list of the things that work for me and the things that don't. Um, it's, it's really understanding what it takes to be an authentic, genuine, honest person. And when you understand what that looks like, then that's just the first step. The next step is to actually go practice that over and over again. And you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not going to die if, if people don't like what I say, or I'm not going to like the world won't end if somebody's uncomfortable about something that I did. Um, and, and that, that's really the way out is, is some consistent acts of courage. Um, mindfulness, mindfulness of your behaviors. My, I think every time we, every time we do these, we're like, okay, step num- number one, mindfulness. <laughs> but yeah. it's, totally. true. it's true. It's so dumb. And I, that's one of the things we went to that mindfulness course, like a year and a half into recovery, two years. Mm-hmm. But that was like, why didn't we get introduced to this sooner? Cause wow. But it, yeah. it's such a, a critical yes. piece to recovery because once a once a principle is introduced to you and you see how it is manifested in your life as long as you can account for that specific principle every day and be mindful even if it's momentarily that will allow you to make but you can't account you can't account for it when you're in limbic system so when you're in your emotional mind just off the rails it's oh, hard to totally stop agree. and say so <laughs> you, bo- what both of you guys are, what both of you guys are saying is is absolutely right learn how to be mindful of when you get codependent uh-huh. um, so the answer isn't stop being codependent <laughs> the answer is to become self-reflective yeah. and aware and then mindful that that's happening curious and then step into that that courage and the, and those healthy boundaries. Yeah. A, a, a real, a real critical piece for me in working on codependency with Ashland was, was, um, chapter five in codependent no more, which is called disconnection. And I was like, I don't even like disconnection. What is it? <laughs> How do I do, do that? <laughs> but, but I was like, what is this? What does this even mean? It's the, where do I end? When yeah. Begin? And, uh-huh. and 
yeah, and, and and even still, I have a hard time even just turning that real time right now. Okay, like where does where do I end and she begins? I don't, I don't get anyway. so so the point with this is is disconnection. Very simply stated, is when I'm in a place where I'm really feeling the pull of codependency, then I'm gonna say, okay, this this conversation is not productive for me anymore, and I'm gonna stop, and we're gonna end this. And I learned also that sometimes the person that you're trying to stop the conversation with doesn't like that <laughs> at it, all. Sometimes they badger you. <laughs> yes. And so you have to like leave me. the room yes. or whatever. Yes. And so there was a, there was, we two, I know, well, that's true, but, but, um, I had two real experiences with this early in recovery and one was driving in the car near my 40th birthday. It was my, it was my, Yeah. And anyways, we're driving along I the 15. I gave him the best 40th totally. ever. And Ashlyn like got really triggered about how I ate rubbish on this little road trip and um, just started getting after me in the car while we're driving. And I couldn't like get out of the situation. I was like, Ashlyn, we're done. I'm not talking about this. And so the more I tried to stop it, the higher Ashlyn's volume got and the more intense she got. And, um, and, and happy birthday. I know. Right. <laughs> but this is, this is just real life living. And, and, you know, we've got no shame about this now, but the point is, is that I learned, okay, when Ashlyn raises her voice and yells or calls me names, I am going to disconnect the conversation. And I use that term, like I'm disconnecting in this conversation and it's done. It's not productive anymore. This isn't okay with me. And some, and, and, and there was a second time that that happened in, in the house where I had to literally just walk out of the room and turn my back to her. Right. And and to be clear, when we're doing this and practicing it, yes, it is a practice to pull out of those moments. He, we always come back to it, so right. we're not totally. just like ignoring yes. it like our old path. For right. sure, but it, but it's, but it's me. That's an example of me saying, it doesn't work for me to be called a name or to be yelled at. So I'm going to stop this conversation. I'm going to disconnect this yeah. conversation. You're going to go a little more independent. Exactly, and I'm going to so. say, I'm not going to have this conversation right now. We can circle back to it later, but I'm done right now yeah and and to me once i understood that that once i had a real life <laughs> example of how to actually disconnect it was like okay now i understand that i can say this works for me this doesn't work for me and when that's not honored in any relationship in any conversation i can say yeah i'm actually going to stop this because that's not working for me hey, that's a boundary that's totally yes. a boundary yep that's the way out of codependency. Yeah, is to learn how to actually do that, and that's super hard. But it's but possible. It's, it's po but it's like totally you, possible. The example you gave, like that's doable for everyone listening today. Yeah. It just takes the strength and the awareness to say, I can actually yep. show up and choose how I how my life yeah. turns out. I mean, sure. I mean, codependency or getting over it really is starting to value. And this might sound this is this really is the paradox to it all. Um, you value yourself um, more than the relationship, so then you can have a really awesome, healthy relationship. Um, another paradox is this, is it, you need to, and, and I'd say most of the couples listening probably struggle with some codependency. Um, you need to detach so that then you can really experience some good intimacy and love in your relationship. Um, so you detangle, you actually separate some so that you can really love each other. Um, and so, but that's uncomfortable. You've been using each other for a long time. So um, I challenge you to 
you know, if you're, if you're listening as a couple for each of you to practice having one boundary with your spouse this week, and, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully as the spouse, you can take a step back and say, oh, I appreciate what you're doing right now. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. This isn't what we normally do, but <laughs> yeah. thank you. We're changing this. Well, and yeah. it's exactly what you said, Brandon, when we would start to step into those roles and we, we were pretty open and honest with each other. Like, Hey, I'm going to work on this totally and own our stuff. And right. Like, right. Please, please Kobe work on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was we like, both were. <laughs> I knew I was a name caller. I knew I would did all these things. And so I had to own that and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to work I on so this. I so can't see you as a name. What, like, what you, did you call him a douchebag or what'd you call him? No, he came up with that one. On his own. <laughs> yeah, that was I, a self-imposed. Uh, I've never been a, title. a swearing kind of girl, so just mean names, I guess. I don't even yeah. know, like jerk or whatever. No, it was like really harsh, like idiot. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, a five-year-old. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's it, really it, irrelevant. Had, had you sworn, I think, I think it would, it would have made more. it funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, just but, not, just not my thing. Yeah. So. um I had to own that stuff so we would talk about it. But then when we actually did it, like, these are the things we want. I want you to show up as strong and and not this, like, you know, do whatever I say. But it still bothered me because it was proof to me that I wasn't showing up how I wanted to show up. Yeah. And so it is uncomfortable, but that's but it's growth. good. Like, that's gross. That discomfort is like, oh, we're doing yeah. this. And and I will, to, the, to that point, it felt damn good when I showed up and I said... <laughs> Do you like how he swears? Yes. Just for but, me. But it, really, but it really did though. That's not for you, but it was for me because <laughs> remember how I said, I, I just, it burned me to realize how codependent I was? Yeah. When I actually kept my boundaries... It was like it's empowering. It does feel good. good. Yeah, it, it, it is really empowering and scary. It feels like scary. Like, Are oh my gosh, what am I doing? Accept me. Heck yeah, I'm mm-hmm. being powerful exactly. and honest. Yeah. I'm stepping up as a powerful man to say this all stops now. And yeah. let's be honest, most of the women out here are. That's what they want. Is they want a man who's strong. Absolutely. And who loves themselves and believes they are worthy of having boundaries. Mm-hmm. And and the men, I, I know I want my wife to be strong. I want her to be honest. I want her to be her and not, not who she thinks I need her to be. So either way, it's it, when you show up um, in your power and you show up authentic, you're attractive. And it's, totally and it's awesome when both people in the relationship are doing that. It's a big deal. So this is codependency. Right. So hopefully we've answered the question what the freak is codependency. But again, guys, this is this topic is addressed in module two of the program that we just developed. And that's all an effort um, to give you guys what you've wanted, which is, hey, give us more. We want to be unstuck because stuff is just really, really hard. We want a step by step guide on how to do this. And um, we want to get your advice. We want to get your experience. We want to tap into what you guys have done. And that's why we have created this program from shattered trust to thriving intimacy. And um, this is all the stuff. (laughs) Codependence, this topic, I ache thinking back to when we first started therapy that we could have had this. And and this this program isn't the old way 10 years ago no we're gonna help you get uncodependent and <laughs> blah 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 it's not that it's actually like less labels the program's not about codependency no yeah. module it's, two addresses it it's about trust safety authenticity yeah. and overcoming um addiction and betrayal trauma there's and some really cool stuff in there too because there's a part where ashlyn and i not in not a module two but where where brandon leads us through processing ourselves on a specific topic and we really do it real time 
and just as authentically as you hear us now. But there, you'll see us show up in different ways than we've, than we've ever showed up on the podcast. Brandon yes. actually did that with some of our beta users as well, yeah. which was kind of cool yeah. to see live with not just us, yeah. Yeah. Um, other people as well. So um, this is for anyone. It's We had some people in our beta group who were well into recovery who still learned some new things and who went a little backwards to say hey we never we missed this part yeah let's do this part so it's really for for all of you who are listening so, so. shattered to thriving.com go check it out live today and for one week ashlyn what's the what's the deal for one week half off just for you because we love you okay guys thanks for being here we will uh see you again soon see you guys